fight And we don't have to kill Everybody in the whole wide world Really just needs to chill No, we don't have to fuss No, no, no We don't have to fight Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Just Chill with Oliver George. This is episode 50, which is, I like to think, a bit of a milestone. In the last year and a half, I have been lucky enough to talk with so many amazing people, and I just wanted to show my gratitude, whether you're just someone who's watched the show and enjoyed an episode, or you're a guest that's been on the show. Thank you so much, because this has really been just an enriching experience for me, especially during all this crazy pandemic shit. So uh, big thanks to everyone, and I could not have landed a more amazing guest for this 50th episode, just a legendary icon. But before we get to that, I want to remind you, if you're watching on YouTube right now and you want audio only instead, go get it on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, and many other places like that. However, if you're listening to me on one of those apps and you didn't even realize that there was a visual side to this thing, then please come check it out on YouTube. However you choose to enjoy it though, if you could please subscribe, like, follow, share, any of that shit, Whatever platform you're on, it really helps me to keep growing this show and reaching more people like you. So if you've already subscribed, thank you so much. Finally, if you want to reach out to me, maybe you've got a cool guest idea or just some general feedback about the show, you can hit me up at justchillpodcasting at gmail.com. Now back to this week's guest. This man needs no introduction. I had the chance to sit down with the absolutely awesome Tommy Chong from Cheech and Chong, but also so many awesome independent things that he's done. You know him as Leo from that 70s show. He's just an amazing performer whose career has spanned decades. He's got so many amazing stories and that's about it. I don't have anything else to say except go watch this interview because what a cool dude and uh, how blessed do I feel for being able to chat with him. I, I can never express. Oh my God. Uh, thank you. Thanks for watching guys. How's it going, man? Hey, how are you doing, man? Sorry, sorry I'm late, but I got hung up on another call. Oh, no sweat. Not at all, man. And this is a dream come true. So uh, thank you so much for even taking the time to talk with me. My pleasure. I'm going to scoot over here and get my plug in my phone because it looks like I'm, I'm running at a, a juice here. Yeah, do what you got to do, man. Can you can hear me okay, though? Oh, I hear you. Great. Awesome. It's, it, it's in my earphone, so I'm okay. Oh, perfect, perfect. Where are you calling from? Calling from Ottawa. Canada. Oh, nation's capital, yeah. Yeah, I love Ottawa. Yeah, I was going to say, I, in doing some research for you, I didn't realize that the uh, the tour you had done with Cheech back in 2008, apparently it kicked off here in Ottawa? Yep. That's awesome. <laughs> you should have seen us in... Uh... Oh, shit, I lost you. Where, where <laughs> I am I? Uh, let me see. Oh, Christ. Oh, come on, come on, come on. Take your time, man. It's all good. Uh, yeah, let me see. I, I think it's this one. There you go. Yeah, there we are. Sweet. There we are. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, we, 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 we kicked off the tour in Ottawa, okay? And so there was a lot of publicity. <laughs> we, we get to the border, and, and the Canadian immigration are in black jackets. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. They're in... They're in, in and uh, you know the flag jackets. Uh, what's that? What's that force? Uh, <laughs> you know what I mean with the helmets and the yeah, yeah, like riot gear and stuff. Yeah, <laughs> that's nuts. And I laugh because I'm Canadian, you know, they, so they can't stop me. You know, import Cheech. You know, <laughs> <laughs> it was all for for Cheech, really. You know, but uh, 
you know, we clear, cleared that mess up. Yeah, because you've that, got dual citizenship, eh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I'm a Canadian. I was born in Well, Canada. yeah, of course, yeah, but you, you adopted U.S. citizenship at a later date. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Reagan, Reagan got my my citizenship. Oh, nice. When he, when he gave, and I rub it into all the Republicans. Whenever I'm on their show, you know, and they start talking about Reagan, I say, well, He's the reason I'm here. <laughs> I was going to say, isn't he the guy? Amnesty. Isn't he the guy that did like uh, this? Is your brain on drugs and all those campaigns? He seemed really anti. Yeah, more or less, uh, Nancy. Nancy. Oh, like, okay, fair. That was her. That was her saying, "Just say no." <laughs> <laughs> well, man, thank I, you. It's like a trip just to be sitting here talking to you right now. I want to let you know just how humble I am and how grateful I am. Uh, I actually have dressed for the occasion, obviously. I and, see uh, that. I got it some like joints. One of my home. shirts. What did you say? Oh, yeah. It looks like one of my shirts. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's got kind is. of a, uh, a Ricky from Trailer Park Boys sort of vibe to it. Yes, it does. Um, but yeah, I rolled up some joints. It's going to be 420 here in about 10 minutes. So I don't know if you've got anything handy, but it would be an honor to get high with you, even if it was oh, digitally. Yeah. No, we can do it. We can nice, do it. nice. You know, uh, my son, really, he, he tried to put down the law that I don't get high, but... Uh, Hey, I'm Tommy Chong. I, don't I was going to say, <laughs> especially when it comes to getting high, you know, that's how my that? problem, not yours. How was your 420, man? I, I saw you were on uh, Mike Tyson's oh, hot boxing uh, thing. Oh, yeah, it was crazy. <laughs> crazy. That's I told Cheech, I said, this is the only day we should work. You know, <laughs> <laughs> We should not do anything except on 420. We did so much, man. We did. We autographed everything for for uh hours hours and we had people pulling the 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 stuff away and putting other yeah it was crazy and then we went we signed some more we had a meet and greet with a, at one of our um, our uh, dispensarias you know we had one of those that was good yeah we had uh <laughs> is it had a crazy time yeah is it like really mind blowing to you seeing this sort of golden era that we're living in now with weed where you can just go down to the store and buy it? Well, you know, I, I got asked that. And, uh, I get asked that all the time. Uh, and, and then I got a real, then I, I start thinking about it, you know, because uh, yeah, yeah, we, we adapt so easy. Think about it. I, I, because, I, you know, when, when I got out of prison, uh, I was driving a, um, a Jaguar, you know, nice. a Jag, uh, you know, gas, guzzler. <clears throat> but I, I always had a, I had friends, artists that drove electric cars, uh, you know, not long range, but they were electric. And so I wanted to, I tried to build an electric car. And then I remember so clearly now that they said, we won't have electric cars until uh, 2016. And to me, that oh, that's so long to wait. But 2016 came, boom, I got a Tesla. Nice. I'm, I'm driving a Tesla. So, you know, back in, just in 2008 or whatever it was, we, we couldn't even dream of, of, of driving an electric car with 300 mile radius, you know. Yeah. And then the phone remember i was i i made records with cheech we made records people ask me now what's a record <laughs> <laughs> well they're, they're making a comeback though 
<laughs> where <laughs> well vinyl sales i mean people it seems to be the this <laughs> no, retro. But it's, it's like art it's art now pieces of art yeah collectibles yeah that's collectibles. true but at one time it's cbd uh, cds they went from records oh you never need another record in your life because we got cds yeah so true and now cds are gone yeah kodak film one time you couldn't shoot a movie without uh, tons of uh, equipment you know uh, the 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 film crew, you know, they had the trucks where they carried all their heavy equipment. They had guys. Their only job was to run back and forth with the with the with the film, with the film. That's, That's gone. Yeah, That's now you gone. can make a movie on your iPhone. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and they on. do. The biggest ma- money makers now are on TikTok. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? That's bananas. And 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 and, and there's people that used to run movie studios they're they're looking for work you know uh, yeah. they're trying to get involved in it you know they're trying to get their own thing disc jockeys it was one time you had to know disc jockeys to get your stuff played now you you publish your own book yeah. you publish your own everything and you get millions of followers thanks to the internet so so when when people say to me uh, you know did you ever expect this? I didn't expect any of it. <laughs> <laughs> it's true that what you're saying, though, that we do as a society seem to adapt pretty quickly and more and more so quickly, quickly as we go. Yeah, so quickly. Yeah. Right away. And that's a problem with, with racism, for instance, you know, because when you think of racism, I, you know, I, my, my son, I, I almost got into a, a, a Twitter war with, with a, someone that accused me of, uh, of racism because I uh, was in a movie with blackface. And, uh, mm. and, and then I started thinking about it, you know, and then I, then I realized how racist uh, society, the whole society is, you know. And, and I started thinking about how racist England was the home of the racists. Yeah. You know, they, they, that's where it all started. You know, colonizing Uh, everything. And yeah. Yeah. And then and then colonizing and then and then, you know, subverting and, you know, but it backfired on them in in a way that wherever they colonize, they can come to. It was part of the the Commonwealth. And so they can come to to England. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's their mother country. So so all that stuff, it's just ignorance. It's just ignorance. That's all. Yeah. You know, the technology for all this stuff, the phone, the, the computers, it's always been here. There's never been a time when we didn't have the technology to do this stuff, mm. you know. But but as humans, we evolved to that point. And as humans, we're evolving with the, with the marijuana, with the cannabis now, you know. Because at one time, cannabis was so legal, it was called a medicine. Yeah. <laughs> it wasn't until they decided that we can kill two birds with one stone. We can introduce this creepy plastic uh, ropes and get rid of the hemp. Yeah, it was all over on de- hemp. Yeah. Yeah. With, by demonizing marijuana uh, using Mexicans, you know, who were smuggling it up for their own medicine and for trade. You can uh, a bag of weed is like a, a pocket full of money. You yeah, know, you can always trade it for something. So, so no, I don't. Uh, I, I'm just I, I'm in awe at life. <laughs> life is pretty awe awe inspiring, though. You know, it is. It is. It is. Especially gotta... my life. My life, man. It's been so so. Uh, you know, so blessed. 
I mean, my my adventures, uh, you know, because I keep talking about them to people, you know, <laughs> and it blows me away. It it really blows me away what I've done and, and who I've met. It's not so much what I've done. It's who I've done it with. You see, that that really is the key. Oh, I've heard some of your stories on various podcasts and you have lived quite the life, even writing the notes for today. I have probably more questions than I'm going to have time to ask you. But uh, yeah, man, you've had a really awesome life and it's so cool to follow your career. Um, so I think it's almost 420 here. I'm going to I'm going to go ahead and uh, oh, go ahead. Around. Yeah. OK, I'll just uh, light this. But oh, shit. You know what? This isn't even a joint. This is a toothpick. It's a friggin toothpick. No, <laughs> little up in smoke reference there. Uh, no, I do have actual joints, so. uh, that, that We had so much fun doing that movie, man. I can't tell you. I've had fun rewatching all this shit in preparation for this interview, man. <laughs> I'm telling you, isn't it fun? You know, you know, my next, well, one of my, what do you call it, bucket list things is, uh, is to, um, uh, what was my bucket list thing? See, I forgot already. No worries, man. <laughs> uh, what was my bug? Come on. This is I on my bucket think. list right here. So <laughs> it, it, it'll come back. I, I'm walking over here to get, a, get no worries, my, my joint. I can still hear you. Okay, I got a lighter. Okay, I'm back. I'm back. Here I am. I'm back. I didn't go too far. Look, look at my cigarette holder. Oh, crazy. What is that thing? It's bamboo. Oh, wow. I got a thing about bamboo. I always have. When I was in prison, I once, uh, I took a, a course in, uh, in gardening, you know, um, and, uh, and so at the end, you had to uh, create a, a, a business, you know, uh, like gardening business or whatever, you know, that was part of the, the, the course. That's smart. Yeah. yeah. And so I, I, I created a, a business with a bamboo grove, you know, where you, where you, you create, you, you grow, you grow bamboo and you make all these things out of bamboo because it's such a, a phenomenal uh, plant, you know, yeah. it's, it's grass actually. And so I, 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 so I've been kind of reliving my, my, my dream and uh, with the, with the bamboo, cause I got bamboo on my property. And, oh, nice. and every once in a while, you know, I'll get stoned. I'll go wander around and I'll see a piece of bamboo and I'll cut it down and I'll polish it up. And I'm not really that that good, which is thank God, or else I'd be in some shop, you know, whacking away at some shit. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, uh, you know, I, I realize there's a lot of things I can almost do. <laughs> that thing looks awesome, man. Oh, and those, those uh, cigarette holders, you don't really see them as much these days. It makes me think of Hunter S. Thompson. He always had a little cigarette yeah. holder. Well, it, it, first of all, it holds the, the smoke away from your face, you know, because when you've got a cigarette up close, you know, you get that. Oh, if it gets my in your aunt, eye. Oh. My, my aunt, one time, she was a nicotine uh, junkie. She had, she had always had a cigarette in her mouth, and she had a, a patch of yellow up her oh, face. Oh, weird. Yeah. Man, you never hear someone say a nicotine junkie, but I think that's a very apt description. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. She was a stone junkie. <laughs> when my mother was in the hospital, she uh, she cooked for us. <laughs> we were kids, <laughs> and uh, 
This is a bit I did. One of the first bits I ever did on stage. <laughs> talk about my aunt cooking eggs first. And she'd have this long ash of her cigarette from in her mouth and a drop of uh, liquid from her nose. <laughs> <laughs> and, her, and she's cooking her eggs hanging <laughs> over, the, <laughs> over the things. And, and uh, you're fascinated because you're wondering what was going to go first, the ash or the drip. And then she'd sneeze and <laughs> they would ah. disappear. <laughs> You're eating some of it. That's one of that's one of the reasons I really was in the big egg uh, band. You know, <laughs> that's hilarious. Oh man, um, like I said, that actually reminds me of Hunter S. Thompson. But that got me yeah. thinking: Have you ever met him? Seems like you guys might have run in some of the same circles. You know, I came that close to meeting him. We're in Aspen. Yeah, I guess it was a comedy fest. And he came and went. Uh -huh. We had a mutual friend. And then I got invited to his place. Uh, no, this was after that. No, then, no, no. I missed, I missed him one time. And then, then went, no, when we were in Aspen at the Comedy Fest, he had, he had passed by then. But uh, they were having some kind of event at his, his house. And I was invited up there. And I went up there. And I sat in his chair, Whoa. you know, by the fireplace. And I, I just walked the, the grounds where he did, where he'd walk around. And, I, and of course, I had a, had a joint with me. And I was by myself. And so I, I just had a me and Hunter alone, you know, trying to picture what it was like, you know, seeing, seeing everything through his eyes. There was a lot of it was a lot of stuff that were overgrown, a lot of crap. And I and I know Hunter, you know, he'd be looking at that, you know. It was nice. I yeah, I really liked his writing. Yeah, same here. I, everything I've read has been amazing. I know he did that crazy book where he traveled with the Hell's Angels for a couple of years. I thought that was pretty gnarly. Yeah, yeah. He 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 went all out for that experience, you know. Yeah, yeah. You really that's like well, gonzo journalism, right? You get it. Yeah, that's what it was. Well, I think Hemingway was almost started that that sort yeah. of uh, sort of that you know experience everything kind of thing. Immerse yourself. Yeah, I was in Hemingway's house too in uh, Key West. No shit. Yeah, that was crazy. They told the greatest story. He was such a drunk, you know. Yeah. Uh, that <laughs> that uh, they showed the 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 John the toilet that he. Uh, pulled down on his head <laughs> he was so drunk in your flesh it you pulled the chain yeah well he pulled too hard and the whole thing came down <laughs> oh brutal <laughs> that was it was invented by a guy named john apparently that's why they called it the john oh and then uh, and then at his house they're going through his belongings and and they found this ceramic cat it's a cat made out of ceramics and uh, then they looked closely. It was a gift from uh, Pablo uh, Picasso. The art, Picasso. Crazy. It was. It was stuck away. It was a gift that he got and forgot about it and stuck it away. Man, that's so and that's cool. something. And he yeah. had these cats. They had five toe cats. All the cats have five toes, and I seen them. And they had offspring in that. And yeah, yeah I've seen the five-toned cats. It was very cool. And I knew his daughter. I knew um, the, the oldest one, uh, Muriel. Was it Muriel? 
That I don't know. Yeah, yeah. She was an actress. Oh no, a model. Yeah, kind of a model. She's okay. kind of heavy to be on, but she was she was cool. Yeah, she died. They both died actually. Oh shit. Yeah, I think she. Yeah, I think. She, I don't know. I have to look it up. Yeah, I've had I've had some. Oh man, pretty, you've got the craziest stories. Um, I pretty, actually wanted to ask cool. you about. Uh, like I said, I've been rewatching a bunch of interviews, and I, I watched your Hot Ones interview again, where you ate all the spicy chicken wings. And everybody I've seen that's done that, most of them seem to make it through the gauntlet of hot sauce, but the viewers never find out about the fallout afterwards. So I want to know, was there like crazy digestive repercussions from eating so much hot sauce? And you were going mad. You kept putting extra on all of them and did did that just rip you up inside or? No, no, not at all. No, I'm Chinese, you know. You can handle it. Uh, Well, no, Chinese will eat anything as long as you got a little soy sauce to dip it in. (laughs) You can eat shoe leather. You can eat anything. <laughs> so you got a strong stomach. Okay. Uh, not really. Uh, you know, I, I got to watch what I eat, you know, but, uh, and I don't pick up, you know, you know, I'm not, I'm not a big, uh, but I do love chicken wings. That was one thing. I do love chicken wings. Oh, I just imagine so, so many different hot sauces with different peppers. I just thought it would, yeah. you know, wreak havoc on your insides. I had a, no. a bunch of jalapeno. No, it's good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, hot sauce is your uh, uh, antibiotic. You know, that's why the, did you know that? I think that's I've heard that. It makes you sweat yeah. out toxins or something like that. Well, it kills bacteria. Oh, really? You know? Yeah. Just like, like a, a fever. That's why you get a fever when you get sick. Your body's killing the ba- the bacteria in your Fighting body. Back, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, that's why you get so hot because it, it drives the sickness out. And you know they say, "Oh, the fever broke." And, well, the, yeah. it it did its job. Wow. Yeah, your white yeah. blood cells. Yeah, so that's what uh, hot sauce is all about, and it's out of the garden. You know, it's not invented in in a lab. You know. So, yeah, that's true. It's not synthetic. So yeah. whatever grows out of the out of, out of the earth, you know. For the most part, if you do it right, you know, you can, uh, it, it'll help you. Medicine. Yeah. Most medicines are poison. <laughs> yeah. A lot of medicines are poison. Yeah. You just take it the, the smallest microdose. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's yeah. A, lot, a lot of uh, science has been developing and, and there's so much more positivity towards people using mushrooms and other psychedelics uh, to treat depression and anxiety and obsessive compulsive disorder, which I suffer from. Um, so I'm really happy to see things moving in that direction. Yeah. Yeah, it is good. Did you know, uh, Christ, the name, uh, John Hopkins? Yeah. You know the John Hopkins, you know the John Hopkins story? Uh, I know it's like a famous hospital, isn't it? Or a university? John well, it's Hopkins a famous and... hospital, but he was a famous brain surgeon. Okay, I figured he was some medical guy. <laughs> I don't know about him, though. <laughs> okay, okay. He was a famous brain surgeon. And, and he experimented with cocaine to see how, because it's a, a numbing agent. You know, hmm. you, you do, do eye operations, certain operations, nose with cocaine. Hmm. Use cocaine. Uh, and, but he got hooked on cocaine. And so the only way to get off cocaine, he had, he got on heroin. Uh, That seems like a bad decision. No, not at all. It was medical. See, if if you have medical uh, grade heroin, you'll live forever. If you don't believe me, ask the Rolling Stones. Fair. <laughs> you know, Richards, yeah. Yeah, because that, that's what they did. No, when Hopkins got on heroin, 
Now he could do his operations. He got off cocaine. He could do his operations. And most of his operations, if not all, were done under while he was under the um, influence of, of heroin. That's crazy. So, so when people start, you know, putting in people in jail for being junkies and that, you know, yeah. it's just, uh, just a war on the poor, you know. It's not helping and, anybody, no. No, 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 not at all. It doesn't help anybody, you know. And so, uh, no, if, if you know your, your substance, uh, like I said, you know, the, some of the best, you know, cures are poison, but the right amount. Yeah, they have to be alcohol, treated with respect. Alcohol, alcohol is a poison. For sure. Yeah. Well, well alcohol is. is, I mean, I enjoy alcohol as much as the next person, but it's one of the, the drugs that I would rank as being the worst for you for, uh, you know, just what it's going to do to your body and your organs and your mind. And yeah. Well, what it does, you know, the high you get from alcohol is a near death high. Really? Yeah. But think about this. This is what I learned in prison, by the way, when I went to my drug education class, <laughs> they had a movie. And they showed where ether is a form of alcohol. It's condensed, or what do you call it? Yeah. Uh, you know, used to use it in powerful. surgery a long time ago. But, yeah, yeah well, so ether. The reason they used ether is that it would take you to that near-death place. Hmm. And when you're in that near-death place, that's why they monitor you. And that's what all anesthesia does to you. That's why you always have an anesthesiologist beside you when you're going under because it's it's like a musician. He's got to keep you from going across that line. Because once you go across that line, you're done. And and so he keeps you. He takes you right to that line, and then then they stop. They stop. Okay, that's enough. Then they, and that's what they did with ether. Huh. And so he, he, so alcohol. That's what alcohol is. And so when you get really blasted or whatever, you're near death. And that's wow. why you act so crazy because you're you're, you're having an out of body experience. You're, yeah, it's surreal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You're, you're, you're and 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 just think about it. it. That's what America was selling like crazy. Super Bowl, Bud White, Bud Light. Oh yeah. You know, uh, booze, drink, Jack Daniel, the booze. Yeah. Oh, even but when no. I was a, uh, a teenager smoking weed, I remember thinking how ridiculous, ridiculous it was that cigarettes and alcohol were being, you know, okayed for the public and, and almost uh, celebrated. And meanwhile, yeah. weed was this, you know, dark skeleton in the closet. Yeah, I've been watching old uh, uh, Dick Van Dyke shows. And, and they got, and, and the old uh, Dean Martin roast. And Dean. Always had a cigarette and a drink, <laughs> drink of booze. Big tumbler, yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's got his booze, and, <laughs> and, and he was drunk, and, and everybody on this dais, you know, on the main thing was drunk. Yeah, not a weed joke in sight. <laughs> They're all alcohol, all alcohol-driven jokes. Oh God! You don't, yeah. uh, you don't drink, right? No. Yeah, I read an interview with Cheech saying that he's never even seen you have a beer. So that's no, just I won't, a, I won't. no, I don't drink. Never have or, or, Oh, I drank a bit. I, you know, when I was out, uh, on the, on the road by myself, uh, when I first started 90, 93, I guess was, I started, I started going out by myself and, uh, and I, I, I never really had my weed with me all the time because I was a little 
you know, I wasn't really doing any kind of weed yet because I was trying to get a show together. And, um, and then I started going into the mini bar for the champagne. Oh, there you go. <laughs> I got a little taste for the champ for the bubbly. Yeah. And, and then, then it got a little bit too, too happy. And I realized, uh, you see, I don't like any, I used to smoke. I, I, I used weed to quit smoking. And every time I felt like a cigarette, I'd light up a joint. And, uh, and eventually that, that that's how I quit cigarettes a, too. Yeah. Yeah. It took a month. It took me a month to get rid of it. How about yeah. you? Uh, I smoked for like nine and a half years from when I was 13 to my early twenties. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, yeah, it was joints, the same thing. I quit cold Turkey and I just started smoking joints instead. And I mean, yeah. I was already smoking joints, but, um, probably I started smoking more <laughs> to replace the yeah. cigarettes and, and it helped, yeah. it helped so much with the oral fixation yeah. and the, just the habitual yeah. side of it. Yeah. 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 It, it's, 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 it's an itch. You know, and I call everything now an itch. <laughs> yeah. And and if you can stop itching, then you're okay. If you can't, you got a little problem ahead of you. But no, I, um, uh, no, I, I really quit drinking except for, uh, Redsina. There's a wine from, uh, from Greece. Okay. I will, I will, it's almost traditional now. We go up to Canada, or it used to be when we were going up to Canada. I would, uh, we, there are a ton of Greek restaurants there and they're all good. And I had to order the Red Cena because it has an acquired taste. Have okay. you ever tasted it? Is I have it, not. I'm not a big wine guy, but. It, it's, it's acquired taste, but, uh, and a lot of people hate it. You know, it's the opposite of wine. I love it. I love Red Cena. But the, yeah, I, uh, when I got, when I found, when I was diagnosed with cancer, that I quit everything, you know, quit mm. smoking. I quit. Well, I, I was never smoking cigarettes anyway, but I quit alcohol totally. Cold, just probably no a good decision on that front. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. 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 You, you can't burden your body with two diseases. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> well, I actually wanted to ask you because I remember reading that you uh, attributed some of your beating cancer to taking the Rick Simpson oil. And I wanted to know what was your experience using that stuff? Because I've heard a lot about well, it. I'm quite sure it works. Yeah, eh? because they <laughs> they have uh, visual proof <laughs> of where uh, one of Rick's buddies had um, skin cancer, mm. and they used the oil on the skin cancer, cleared it up, and then they used it. He had uh, it was pancreatic something something pretty serious, and he just did did enough that it just took it away. Wow. Yeah, yeah, it was. I, I, I tried it, but whoa, shit, it put me in a coma. It was so strong. I heard he was. But like, I, hmm? I was gonna say I, I heard that he was like on the run for a while. That they were maybe that was just conspiracy shit. But I heard that because he essentially had this cure for cancer, you know, big pharma and all these people oh. were after him. I don't <laughs> no. know if that's true or not. No. <laughs> Urban legend. No, no, it was. It wasn't as exciting as that. What it was was that he was uh, an, a vet, so he was using the Legion Hall uh, to uh, promote his the cancer cures with weed. Uh, and so the Legion Hall said, "Ah, you know, that's against the law to be doing anything against the law." You know. Yeah. And so they so they shut him down with a with the in the uh, legion the legion shut him down and then he died he died of uh cancer i guess oh yeah. really shit 
or a brain something. Maybe an aneurysm or something. I know he left. No, it's it's not a miracle by no means. You know, it's wheat. It's it's uh, the oil. I I think the way uh, I don't know. I have my own theory of how uh, marijuana helps uh, cancer or helps any disease, and and that that is that um, the cannabis goes straight to the brain. We have receptors that can deal with it. And um, and and the brain controls the body, yeah. Yep. And so so when the brain is taken away, you know, like in a coma, then the body doesn't have to deal with <laughs> with weird commands. Yeah. You know, <laughs> like, just go on autopilot. Like get up, and go get me a Coca Cola or something. You know. Or, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Your brain, your brain is gone. You know, it's 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 resting. Yeah. And I think what happens when you do cannabis, I think it same thing happens. It it just it's everything you can do to stay in the moment. Yeah. To be to to you know to be deal present. with whatever you're doing yeah. in the moment, be it driving or listening to music or watching a movie or making love. Uh I mean there's all sorts of moments that that can really be enhanced with uh i agree cannabis. yeah with cannabis and and i think by putting your your brain in neutral you allow your your body to do its job especially the um the um uh, <laughs> see, I'm oh, like the automatic functions of the your, body your yeah. your immune system oh immune yeah, yeah your immune system yeah. that's what i'm trying to say I think I think that's what cannabis does. It allows you to relax. Yeah, you know you can't be tense. That's what they're talking about. Stress. Stress really is is your tense. Everybody's on alert. You know your yeah. whole body's ready to ready to do something. You know. Yeah. And and so when it and so you're you're there's a lot of blood and everything being distracted from the area. Yeah. That needs to help because it's the blood really that replenishes the materials that you need yeah. in, in, to, to make your body uh, operate properly. And, uh, and I think what cannabis does, it really, it slows everything. Mellows and, it out. Yeah. Yeah. And then now, now they can, your, your body's slow and I think it can, it can do miracles with everything. And also it's, a, it's, it's the mood too, you know, uh, you know, that's why, like, in, in spiritual work, you know, sometimes they'll tell you to uh, to imagine having whatever you're dreaming about. Imagine having it, and then all of a sudden that it will appear. <laughs> you know? Manifest. Yeah, yeah. It, yeah, yeah, it'll manifest. I know what you mean, yeah. Yeah. And stress really is a killer, like you were saying. But I find the ironic part about that is I start stressing out like, oh, yeah, I got to be more chill. I got to not stress. But then you start stressing about that, you know, (laughs) it becomes kind of like a a loop. But uh, no, weed weed does help, I think, in the ways that you're saying really mellows you out and and that can reduce stress. And everyone knows stress is a killer. So, yeah, I agree. And the other thing it it does, too, it, it sharpens your intellect. You know, and, oh, uh, I actually because you, you, a lot of times you know you get into uh, repetitious 
things, you know. And that's why how hypnotists hypnotize you with repetition. Yeah. And so a lot of times, be it school, work, play, whatever, you're doing these repetitious things. Show business too, music, you know. Yeah. You're you're doing this repetition, repetition, and pretty soon you don't have to really be there to have it done. Your body kind of does it on its own. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? That uh, that's being in the moment. See, it comes in handy when you're into that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. Then you become aware of what you're doing. And once you become aware of what you're doing, now you can improve. See, this is where golf and weed and mind control really comes together. Because golf is the, the greatest, to me, it's the most international religion that we have on the planet. Because everybody that plays golf adheres uh, to the golf rules. And really, that's what a religion is, is rules. Basically. <laughs> yeah. And so when you've got rules that everybody adheres to, now you've got a, a connection. You see, that's why a lot of people play golf, not because they want to play golf, it's because they want to go where people that have influence play golf. You know, so you get that. And that's what people will church. I see churches in the same way, you know, people that worship the same same way. All of a sudden there you meet each other and then you know, you, you get a little connection going. Yeah. But but when we when when you start being able to control your thoughts of what you're doing. I mean, I, that's why like I'm, I'm studying tango dancing now. Oh, nice. And, and tango is the toughest. The toughest thing about tango is the tango walk, believe it or not, because you got to walk and look natural. <laughs> I can believe it. Yeah. That looks very difficult. Anyway. That is so hard to do. You can do it unconsciously. Or when you're fooling around, like I'm watching the Dick Van Dyke show now, and his shtick, his whole shtick was dance. And so he, he had all the body movements down beautifully and funny body movements and everything else. But when you when you when you when you try to sync your mind with your with your physical activity that you don't even think about, oh, it, it can get crazy. But eventually you do you conquer it, you know, like, like ballet dancers. That's why they practice so much. Yeah. You know, they're, they're putting everything into sync because they, they, they got to have the mind and sync with the body and sync with the, you know, the whole physical thing, Yeah, you know? And that, that's why I love to watch. You can always tell dancers, they can take two steps and, and I can, and I look at their body and you know, right away they're dancers, you know? So the, the, the weed, and if you do it, whatever you're doing, if you do the right amount, it just makes whatever you're doing so much more better, so much more definitely interesting. You know, I like what you're saying about mental control, though, because a lot of people talk about that flow state when you really, you know, are in that present moment and and how powerful that can be. Uh, and that actually makes me think about. I read that you wrote a memoir called I Chong Meditations from the Joint. Uh, yeah. And you had explored meditation in, in prison. And I wanted to know, is that still like a regular part of your life that you, you do regularly? Or? Well, Paul come up with a, a phrase uh, he called praying without ceasing. Oh, and okay. so 
so I came up with this because meditation really is sitting quiet and and trying to control your 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 thoughts to the point of eliminating mm-hmm. things until you eliminate everything till till you're down to the essence. Uh, but you can do that. You see, I I I, I because I meditated, <laughs> I. I was given the really the answer. I, I, I found the answer. And uh, <clears throat> I don't mind sharing it because as long as you ask. Sure. Uh, yeah. Yes, what is uh, the answer? The answer is God who created the universe, okay, which is pretty awesome. Because I, it, yes, full agreement. Because think about this. He created something that's always been here. Yeah. So was there ever a time when it was not created? When the no. universe wasn't here? I don't know. No. Don't they say no. it was the Big Bang? I don't know. No. What it is. See, we've always been here. The Big Bang created Earth, you know, or the sun the or whatever. Yeah, you yeah. Know. Oh, one, but one, there's billions. Yeah. We've always been here. So when we say created God, we create God. See, in our minds, in order to accept eternity, we have to be able to think that, okay, whoever created this, created us. Now I'm going to feel good enough about it to ask him for a few favors. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. It's, a human, it's a human impulse. That's true. Uh, and it's the way we're raised, because when you're a baby, you look for your mother, father, your mother first, but your father for sure. Your father is going to be that one that carries you over. You know, you don't know this yet, you know, consciously. But I mean, this is what's happening. No, what happens when we discover something? Then we discover it. Then it's like evolving, like we're, we're, we're evolving as a species. Yeah. And, and and the higher evolved ones come up with the electric car, you know, the cell phone, you know what I mean? Uh, but they're humans and we're all just evolving. And, uh, and so the secret really is, there is no secret. Everything is in front of us. It's up to us to figure out what it is. That's yeah, awesome. you do that. You do that by studying. That's what. That's what I had time in jail. I had I I had so much time in jail because I had nothing else to do but to think about God. That's all I had to do. And then, when you ask, see, see, that's the whole thing about prayer. You get if you ask for the right thing, it appears, and. That's the key about prayer. Now, it, and, and the, the, all the holy books tell you, but especially Emmett Fox, he, he's my guy now because he translates the Bible. You know, he said, "There's he's got a book that I read called the Every uh, a Year a Year with Emmett Fox Every okay. Day in the Year with Emmett Fox." Well. One of the every day I read something, and and I also use it like the I Ching and the I Ching, you know, but instead of doing the the dice and throwing the coin, you know, the coins and all that, I just randomly open 
the book. Oh, cool! And the me- and the message comes out at me. But it is is the the whole message really is like prayer. The the best prayer for me is to pray for wisdom. See, yes. If you pray for wisdom and you're granted wisdom, then you can be who I am or do what I did, you know, yeah. because that, that was my key. It wasn't any kind of religion or, or higher education or any of that shit, you know. It was the fact I got turned on to God so early because that was the only thing we could afford, really. You know, when you live in the country, you know, the only thing that really wants you there is church. <laughs> you know, everything else costs, you know. And so I ended up in church real early and, and not having, a, not growing up with a mom or dad, you know, I was always alone. I was always on my own. And so, and, and enjoying it like I am now. And, and so when I went to Sunday school, you know, I remember coming out of church Sunday school one day, one night, and it was night in Calgary and uh, beautiful, clear uh, winter's day. It was winter. The smoke was going straight up in the air. <clears throat> and so we had just been taught, you know, that God is everywhere. So I'm walking home and I said, okay, God, if you're everywhere, where are you? Let me see you. And for some reason, I looked up in the sky <laughs> at night, looked up in the air, and I saw all the galaxies. You know, it was the clearest night in Calgary. It's so clear, you could see every all the stars, all the meteorites and comets and wow. everything. And it was like, uh, how's this? <laughs> you want, want to see God here? Hey, check this out. Yeah. Hey, and this is one. You know what? I got a million just like them. <laughs> Even more. I got a billion. I got countless universes. That's so mind blowing. Yeah. So, so what I what what I did, I I I learned real early uh, the power the power of prayer. Now I use it. It's so much fun now because I'm a human. I'm going through all the, the traumas and the personal bullshit and the families all that stuff like everybody else yeah you can't escape it this is life but to get me through i found out how you do it and i'll tell you it's very easy you can only have one thought in your head at the same time you can't have two thoughts at the same time one thought right yeah okay just think of god that's it. That's it. That's it. God is probably the most used word in the English or any language. Yeah. Well, it can represent it, so many things. Yeah. Well, I think it's chanted by billions of people on this earth right now. Chanted every day. Yeah. It's referred to almost hourly. Yeah. On television. Okay. Uh, even the non-believers use it. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. So OMG is so common. That's true. So all you have to do is think of who God is. 
What if you're not sure who God is? You know, what a lot of a lot of us like myself are, are constantly wondering these things. I definitely believe in some sort of higher power. I know that much, but I, I don't follow any specific religion. And I'm definitely, you know, spiritually searching still for. I just told you, I just told you the key. Do it. Yeah. All you have to do is think of God. Don't have to think of who he is, what he is, what ooh, think blah, about blah, blah, the energy of God. All that stuff. Yeah. All you have to do is think of God. Bring God into your life. That's what they mean. That's what the preachers mean. Say, bring God into your life. Yeah. See, don't do anything without asking God, should I do this? Don't do anything ever. And God, you can ask God, how can I do this? The teacher appears. You know that saying? When the pupil is ready, the teacher appears. Yes. See? Well, that's you. When you're ready to accept it, well, you're talking to me. So you're obviously on the right path, you see. And so you talk to me, you think of what I said. And then, because it's so easy, there's no ritual, no nothing, no nothing. By the way, you know what? Baptism was just, uh, what do you call it? Um, like a metaphor of changing your thought, you know, when, when you, when you clean your, your thoughts away, you mm -hmm. know, you do it, you do it yourself. So it's symbolic yeah. baptism. See back in the middle East, fresh water, bath water was very rare. You know, you could go months without seeing any, any kind of, of cleansing water. So, it's a good thing to do no matter what you're yeah, believing in. Get the stank off. You know, yeah. No matter what you're doing. <laughs> hey, come on, you know, nice fresh water. So a, a, a baptism, you know, the, people put all this weird, weird energy into it, which is cool because at least they're doing it. doesn't matter why. Uh, but it, 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 life is so simple. It's so simple. And when you ask God, again, ask, that's what the Bible says, ask and you shall receive. So that's why they say, careful what you ask for, you know, yeah. because you, you will receive it. You will receive it. Now, you may not think, you may not receive what you thought you were going to get, but that's why, that's why you don't leave that up to anybody except God. See, because we are all spiritual creatures here on earth, on physical, in a physical body to learn. To learn for whom? To learn for your soul. Yeah. Your soul needs to learn. And that's why the soul can go back and forth. It's eternal. But we're, you know how they say it's an old soul, a young soul, you know? Yeah. No, there's no such thing as age in the spiritual world you just are you just are a soul see old only works in a physical plane i see what you're saying yeah see spiritual plane you're 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 not old or you're not young you just are there's no physical time. plane physical plane you're always being born or dying at the same time, parts of you are dying, other parts of you are growing, are, are, are growing. And that's the way it is with a plant. The bamboo plant is really a good example when you see how it grows. First of all, the bamboo plant will grow in any soil, any really? soil whatsoever. Yeah. Huh. The worst soil, the worst soil, you'll have a bamboo plant. 
Uh, you don't have to do much more than it'll find water. It'll find everything because see the trees and the, and the plants, they communicate underground. We don't see it. It's all underground. The, the feeling, you know, the roots are always going to feeling and, and getting their, their substance from, from, from all over the inside the earth. And they got, look how big earth they got to go into, you see. And so, so, uh, the plants all around us are as are as, as live and more so than we are. You know, the only difference is that we can walk. We we're we're meant to to move around, uh, but we're all connected. You see, because we all need oxygen or or carbon, you know, uh, carbon dioxide, whatever you are, whatever you're you're in. And but if you don't have the substance, you die. And and that's uh, water, mineral, uh, and, and oxygen, air. Uh, and it's that's the physical plane. So there's a different rule for physical plane uh, than there is in the spiritual. But because we are originally and forever spiritual, our real life is in this is with the spiritual world. That doesn't change. We that will never change. Hmm. But what we but we're connected, you see, and so we're connected. Each of us have what the the Buddhist or the Tibetan Buddhists call it, the over self, and the, and a lot of religions call it God. You know, God will take care of you, but it's the over self, and and, and there's a lot of us. We're all connected to this over self around the planet. You see, so you'll meet someone that <laughs> looks exactly like you, you know, so in another place, and you kind of look at him, what? You know? <laughs> or that looks like a friend, or you see somebody, you know? Yeah. And, and, but we're all connected. We're all connected. And since we've all been here forever, it's just like actors. We, when we die, we go to a casting uh, place, and then we, then we get our new assignment, and then we come back. You know, and that's what I was thinking. You know, the evil ones. I don't think they go to the casting place. I think they go right into into another uh, uh, womb, another body. You know, and then yeah. they come out, and then they get another shot at it. Oh, you don't <laughs> think they move down? Like, uh, if we're talking about reincarnation here, uh, I know a lot of people think that if you live a bad life, then you move down, and next time you come back as you know, like a bug or something. There's no down. In oh, the no. spiritual world, there's no down. You don't go anywhere. You well, know? I just meant you, you would be reincarnated as something lesser than a human being, you know, something. Else. Oh, no. But you don't have to go into another spiritual world for that. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. So, so, so if you had got lots to learn, I don't see you. I, I can see you not going to heaven. I see you going right into another body. And oh, yeah. Say, oh, and you know what I mean? Yeah. Because there's a lot of tragedies. There's everything. There's everything. And and if you notice, there's a small amount, but there's there's you know there's higher uh, higher beings. You know, people with super intellect. Then there's the lower ones. Or there's, and then there's the meek. And, and again, it's biblical. Like they say, the meek shall inherit the earth. Well, this pandemic kind of showed just showed us that, didn't it? Yeah. You know, the aggressive ones, they were shut down. The meek, we were just doing what we've always done. Yeah, people. Just, know, and we always stayed away. We never got that close. Yeah. You know? And and that mask, yeah, no problem. Because yeah. a lot of us, we work in areas where we need a mask. 
<laughs> I do, yeah. Yeah, you know yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah, so a mask is no big deal, you know? Yeah, I'm pretty And, and if you live up north in the cold, you've got a mask on. A scarf here. Yeah. Yeah. you got a mask, you know? That's no problem. So, so yeah. Yeah, yeah a, lot of, a lot of people made a really big deal about the mask thing, but I never really got why it was such an issue you know if there's any chance that it was even helping a little bit then then why not just do it and not be an asshole well, well that's a difference see, see what what you know what people get addicted to more than anything they get addicted to fame or being noticed yeah attention yeah. you know a lot of people go through life and they never get noticed no matter who what they do they they never get noticed and um and then when they get noticed it's a rush and everybody's looking at you like, Whoa, like, have, special, you ever yeah. sat, have you ever sat in an auditorium in school and then got singled out? Yeah. You know, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. For whatever. And that rush is, it takes you days to get over. Oh, fact, I can it, fully relate. Yeah. I mean, at a young age, I, I did public speaking, which was my first taste of that. And I was, pretty good i went to like the board finals or something in grade six you know but then now i do stand-up comedy well not now during the pandemic but you know all, all that uh that rush you're talking about i can definitely relate yeah that's what i'm saying that's what i'm saying that rules a lot of people yeah you know, the notoriety yeah. that's that's why a lot of people are, are are you know like the trump trump is a good example of that you know he doesn't give a shit as long as he's being talked about, he doesn't yeah. care what, what you're saying about him. Yeah. As long as he's in the, see, he only, he, he's one of those guys that is, he could get attention by doing and saying outrageous things or, mm -hmm. you know, and then when he got elected president, Oh my God. Uh, you know, but he has no idea of the karma that attached that's attached to, yes. to, but he does. He does. Because, again, it's all ordained. I think Nostradamus predicted Trump. You know, I think you look back and, and you'll see, you know, he, he did talk about a devil coming. But, you know, you know, the upside, there's an upside to everything. You know, the upside to Trump. What's that? Biden. Seems to be a, a large improvement, in my opinion. But uh, well, think about this. He wouldn't have had a hope in hell of being elected to anything, yeah. If it wasn't for Donald Trump, yeah. People saw him as the remedy. Yeah, Trump, because Trump said that. Trump was the one that you know started talking shit about Joe Biden, and yeah. then everybody went, "Oh, Trump's afraid of Biden." Yeah, exactly. It oh, fear. And so there were, there was a lot of us that thought like me. But perfect. Biden's perfect. He can never get elected on his own because he because he mumbles. He's Joe. He's yeah. You know he's yes, he's he not is. a star. <clears throat> yeah, he, he's not a star. But he's he's the kind of guy that does all the work. <laughs> you know, yeah. you know, or CEOs. You know, they they hobnob with everybody, but there's one guy that's running around doing all the work, <laughs> and that's Joe. Joe gets shit done. And I love Yeah, I didn't love he do a bunch of shit like his first day in office? Oh, as soon man. as he got sworn in, he was like everything. He, everything he, he, you know what he did? He rearranged the furniture back to where it was. Yeah, <laughs> basically. He got him back into the um the climate yeah. agreement and all that. He did it all. 
He did yeah. it all. Trump, Trump, just, Trump was berserk. You know, he's, he's like a, a hijacker uh, that hijacked a boat, doesn't know how to steer it. <laughs> yeah, he was uh, definitely causing a lot of mayhem. Oh man! And now, no, he, he suckered, he suckered oh, like a thousand, thousand people into looking at hard time. I mean, years in prison for no, there's no excuse. You yeah. can't say, you know, uh, blah, blah, blah. You can't say anything. He listened to one guy tell you to go commit a, a federal crime that puts you away for years. Go attack cops. I mean, what was the Trump's thing? Yeah. Well, we know what he was thinking, you know, because he, he, he got caught up in it. He thinks, see, the apprentice made him think that the world's a movie <laughs> everything's a movie and someone's going to say cut and someone say okay and he's that's the star, a wrap yeah in his mind he's yeah it's a wrap but he turned it he, you know he turned the presidency well you know uh, I, i'll uh, i'll just say everybody lied because what trump does he he accuses everybody of what he's doing or or what he's accused of that's the thing a lot of people do to yeah. hide their uh, hide their guilt yeah yeah they blame well you did it you know well he did you know what i mean they distract yeah you know <laughs> but, but trump man he never see he never thought he'd get elected this is a, i've been preaching this forever he in fact i knew i, I was uh uh confirmed my, my theory was right by uh, TMZ, you know, uh, uh, Harvey, uh, Harvey Weinstein. What's his name? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Harvey on uh, TMZ. Are you talking about Wein Pope? Weinstein? Yeah, well, no, no. That's, that oh, okay. okay. Uh, it's a Harvey, I forget. Anyway, TMZ. Trump called him the day after, after he got elected and said to Harvey, you fucking believe this? <laughs> <laughs> he, that's he, hilarious he, <laughs> even he, he knew it was bogus he, he had a cake a loser's cake made that he was going to celebrate hillary's uh, victory he wanted hillary to win because then he could he just could be off the, yeah yeah he gets all the, the attention about any of the work for the whole the, her, her whole term Trump would be trolling the hell out of her. Yeah. And and he would have his own networks, his own <laughs> and all his television show. He had all that planned. And then all of a sudden he got a job. <laughs> That's alert. <laughs> he, he, he got the job he applied for. And next thing you know, he was up early in the morning and he's, he's working. See, con men never work, especially rich, spoiled trust fund babies you know <laughs> you know they don't work they don't work they think of all the excuses in the world but they play golf yeah you yeah a lot of they that can, they can play golf and <laughs> <laughs> it's trump well it's the golf as you said the, it's the worldwide religion you know yeah no i'm serious man it uh yeah it dawned on me i, I looked at it you know because you, you keep your own score you know, and if you and if you're a liar, uh, someone will catch you right on the caddy or someone. Yeah. If you cheat, you know, because caddies are the best judges of people. They know who's who, who's what, who's doing what, who's this. Yeah. 
I gotta admit, I've only ever gone mini putting, man. I, I think I went driving balls once, but I've never done the full golf experience. Oh, it's it's so much fun. It looks fun. It, I, I guess I'm just afraid I'm going to suck at it or something. I'm not the best uh, sports dude. <laughs> it, really? Classically speaking, I have not been great at sports. No, well, see, that's that, that's what you have to change. Mm. You know, you, you have to uh, uh, live within your abilities. Well, I do. You I know? do fitness now. I, I stay in shape. I've just never been a, a big sports great. guy. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I. Uh, yeah, I've always liked sports. I was never that good. Thank God. Thank God. I'm so happy. You know, I was good enough to make the team, but not good enough to be a regular. Yeah. You know? And so I never got really. I was got not hurt. good enough to make the team. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. On, on certain things, you know, certain violent things. I had an older brother, so I grew up knowing how to take a punch, you know, and knowing how to give one, too. See, that's, I've never been in a fight like that, man. Never taken a punch other than, you know, roughing around with your friends or whatever, but I've never been really straight up punched. Oh, that's good. I, I hope to keep that's it that good. way. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, that's good. I just watched the hockey, hockey game with Rangers and the Islanders. And and they they would they would they never played. They I think they played about five minutes of hockey. <laughs> Just all the rest back. was all the rest was fighting. And it was like they dropped the puck and they dropped the gloves and go at it. That's almost and annoying. They, it, was, it was a grab and punch, grab and punch. Yeah, a good yeah, fight is good once in a while at a hockey game, but you don't want that the whole time. <laughs> well, it is exciting. I, I, I got a kick out of watching it. Yeah, and once then in a while, watching, you know. Oh. And I was watching, uh, yeah, it was like wrestling, you know, a lot of it. Uh, well, wrestling, that's what it turned right into, uh, uh, sort of a gymnast show. Yeah. No, are I we, love, are, I, wait, I, I are love we talking sports. like, uh, what kind of wrestling? Are we talking like Olympic wrestling or are we talking like WWF kind of? Yeah, know? WWF. Oh, okay. Which is still yeah, very yeah. impressive, but, you know. Oh. God, dangerous, more dangerous than ever. Yeah, been. some people have died doing that shit. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Of course, you're doing these tumbles and for, you know, long <laughs> 30, 40 feet. Yeah, I knew the, I didn't know that. I grew up in Calgary in Gene, not Gene Kaniski. Uh, got the wrong name. But anyway, his, his the father was the uh, Brent, uh, the one that died, Brent. Uh, I can't, can't remember. Think of his name. Yeah. Anyway, uh, they they grew up in Calgary, and he had a school for wrestlers. It was pretty funny. Uh, he, he wouldn't have the heat on. He'd have the wrestlers they had to sleep with one sheet. That's all they were allowed, <laughs> and they were like to, to toughen them up. <laughs> like a boot and camp kind of thing. Yeah, Stu Hart, Brent Hart. It was oh, Stu there you Hart. Go. There you go. Name. Yeah, Brent Hart. Yeah. yeah. No, I no, and I was a big wrestling fan, a fan, you know, because I, I lived in a in a neighborhood where where the wrestling fans lived, yeah, and I had a godmother that uh, uh, would send me autographs from uh, all the all the top wrestlers, Yukon Eric, Lunez, and all the old guys, so I, I had that connection, but and, and I learned. I learned how to wrestle uh, some really sneaky tricks that helped me uh, later on, you know, uh, not, not so much uh, to hurt anybody, but 
it's nice to have that knowledge, you know, that you can, you can handle yourself. You yeah. Know? You can defend yourself if need be. Yeah. 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 I had a, but I, like I said, I had an older brother, you know, he was tough as nails. Yeah. I've uh, got, I keep seeing your guitars on the wall there and I've had a question here. I want to ask you, which sure. is uh, let's say hypothetically your house were to catch on fire or go up in smoke. Um, and you only had time to run out and grab one guitar as you were leaving the inferno, which guitar would you grab and why? None of them. Oh no, maybe one, maybe one. The first guitar I ever had, my mother bought it when I was, when she was pregnant with me little cheap Sears guitar and it had a hula girl on the front. Oh, and nice. when I, when I got older, I learned how to play that guitar. And then I made, I, I, I played a couple of gigs with that guitar, a couple of weddings and a couple of, uh, uh club club gigs. And, uh, that, yeah, that would be the only one uh, I got uh, a couple of nice ones here. No, but hey, that's the sentimental know, choice is the one that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. I, that's the only one that, that I would grab. All the other ones, you know, to me, I, I was never wrapped I, because I never owned any instrument. You know, we were too poor. Mm. Uh, you know, I could own the cheap Sears guitar. And then my aunt uh, gave me her son's uh, accordion, her 12 bass accordion. Oh, cool. Because, um, Lunch. what's that? Lunch behind you. The what? I brought you lunch. Oh, 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 thank you. Thanks, son. That's my son. Oh, right lunch. On. What's up? That's Paris? Yeah, Paris. He's just leaving. He's and he just, had a, he just had a kid like eight and a half months ago, I was seeing. Yeah, yeah. Your grandpa yeah, once more. She's a kid. Oh, she's so beautiful. Oh, she's a gorgeous she is so so wonderful i gotta say you know i hate to say it but she's probably the favorite right now <laughs> <laughs> how many grandkids do you have how many do i have i think five something like that i got one that has kids of his own so i got i'm a great grandpa oh no way yeah yeah, Morgan Radon's uh, son. He's he's got two little ones, little Miles and uh, Harper, That's and they're so my cool. great grand great grandkids. I just I just wrote up a set of rules for them. They come over here, you know, and they get a little wild. <clears throat> so I got to go Chinese on them, you know. <laughs> you, you don't disrespect Grandpa's house ever. In fact, right. that's one place. That's one place where you come and you got to really behave yourself, and, and it's a good training. It's really good training for kids, you know, because yeah, I've seen kids, you know, get, you know, hippie, hippie, some, not so much hippies, but just people that let the kids rule them, you know. Yeah, and, and uh, it's not them. a good, it's not a good, uh, not a good sight to see, you know. So I'd rather nip it in the bud, like, which, which I'm going to do. Well, it's a respect and, thing. Yeah. Yeah. No, you got to have that. Yeah. That's the whole thing. You know, that's what, that's what I loved about Parrish and my son. He's, that's why he's such a, a partner for me. You know, he got uh, schooled in Paris, France and the French, you know, they're, they're very, well, European, they're very strict, but they're school. Uh, you know, 
you don't get the kind of freedoms you get in in, in America. Oh, I didn't uh, know that. over there. No, no, you you're very respectful to your elders, and so he he grew up like that, and it really it really helps his uh, his attitude, his personality. You know, now, anybody that meets him, they're really impressed because uh, wow, you know. <laughs> but he's, the French taught him that, you know, look the person in the eye, shake their hand, and be interested, see them. Yeah. See? Yeah. Good advice. And so, I'm, uh, so that's what I'm going to do with my grandkids, give them rules, because we need rules. You can't get away with it. You know, yeah. and that's what, like I said, that's what religion is, it's just rules. You know, some rules make sense and others don't. And when I got into the metaphysical world, and like I say, you know, when you just have to change your thought, uh, just your thought process, you see. And that, that's the secret. I really, uh, you know, advise people to, to, to read Emmett Fox uh, because he tells you in very, very simple terms what, what they're trying to say in the Bible. See, the Bible was written by writers, and writers are in the habit of doing the most of. <laughs> yeah. So when Moses crossing the Red Sea, he parted the Red Sea. <laughs> That's how powerful he was. He parted the Red Sea. And then the people with the chariots and that. But see, they're, they're myths, you know. Embellishments. And, well, they're, they're the most of. Yeah. You know, and, and they're written by people. And, uh, and, and, uh, but in, in, in there is the spiritual teachings of all this, you see. Yeah. And, and, uh, and, and that's what Emmett Fox zeroes in on. And like I, like I said, I started off with a, another writer called Joel Goldsmith. He's also excellent, but Joel's a little bit, well, how can I say he, I don't know. He gets, he, he's good. He's good. I just like Emmett's better. Uh, I, I, I like Emmett talking specifically about, about parts of the Bible and, and explaining what they mean, you know? Yeah. It sounds now, interesting. I, I, yeah. I'm totally immersed into that study because it's like discovering a magic trick, you know, you don't just discover magic tricks and forget about them. Yeah. Sticks with you, you practice, 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 practice the same magic trick. Yeah. Yeah. So when I'm reading, uh, when I learn what I learn off, uh, off of uh, Emmett Fox, I just keep rereading, rereading his stuff. And, and every time I read it, I, I get another, oh, that feels so good. Feels yeah. Good. Oh, and I got to tell you another, what I do with my daughters. Um Unfortunately, not my other daughter. She's in, in uh, Canada, in Ontario, but my two daughters here. I have them read to me out of my my spiritual books. And it changes their life, too. That's cool. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. What a great... And not, not long. You know, it's not a heavy read. You know, a couple of, pages, a couple of chapters. Well, I say a chapter. And that's all you need. Because when you get truth hand it to you, it's almost like a smorgasbord. You can always come back for more, <laughs> you know what I mean? 
there's always more wisdom out there to be found yeah 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 well the basics when you learn the basics you know in, in a lot of ways it's like riding a bike you know how hard it was in the beginning training wheels and all that yeah 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 the whole thing the whole whole thing and then all of a sudden oh god this is easy it's all a balance it's all yep. about balance well that's with everything and that's with the spiritual uh, teachings too you know you got to start small but stick to basics you know, and a lot of people, especially in, in a lot of the organized religions, you know, they're searching, they're searching, they're looking, and then they find what they want, a lot of them, and, and it's a comfort. There's a lot of comfort in, in knowing uh, that that you have a, a, a deity that, that cares about you, a lot of comfort in that. And uh, in fact, at the end of the day, that's all we have. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I think about all this stuff a lot. I don't, uh, like I said, I'm not part of any religion specifically, but I definitely believe in in more than what what is in front of us, you know. And uh, I think I spend a lot of time stressing about all that too because I, I can't find the answers. So I, I'm definitely gonna, you know, really try to absorb everything you've told me today because I, I'm very interested in your perspective on this, you know. Well, no, the easiest way to do it is just. Uh, practice thinking of God. That's all. That's that's the simplest thing in the world. Because what happens when you when you? It's a magic word. It's it's used in the most ridiculous situations. It's used in happiness. Used in all sorts of emotional things. You know? Yeah. But but when you think and then you think of the goodness. I mean, if God created this universe, that's pretty awesome. <laughs> it's really awesome, yeah. <laughs> that, you could, that you could have a sun that's shining just bright enough in the right places to grow all those beautiful plants and, and that we're lucky enough to be on, on this Definitely. planet that, that gives us the seasons and the nights and the days. And, yeah. And, and your life can be so pleasurable here. And you can do, or you can make it uncomfortable, or you can make it anything you want. You have total control over this this period. And uh, and then when you really, you know, it's like going to a party, and the party's so great, oh my God. And then you think, well, who threw the party? Who's responsible for it? <laughs> you know, a lot of times people don't even think about that. They just go to a party, uh, have a good time, go home, forget about yeah. it. But then also you say, well, well, who created this party, this wonderful thing? And then you do your research, and then you find out. And then what happens is that because you took the energy and time to find out, then guess what? You're invited to all the parties. That's right. Really and there cool. better and, and there's better parties to go to. But you gotta do the research. You gotta find out who you're talking to. And that's up to you. Mm-hmm. No one can do it for you. No one can take information and stick it in your head. You know, you have to absorb it. Yeah. You have to you have to open the gates and let it come in. I and think then I'm- you have to have 
purpose. The know? reason that I've had a hard time with that in the past is because there's so much information and stuff like religion. There's so many different religions and they all think they're right. You know, everybody thinks their religion is the right one. So I, I find it hard to discern uh, which, which avenue I should take, so to speak, for, you know, my spiritual journey or whatever. So that's sort of why I stray away from organized religion is because I, I it intimidates me really, you know? Yeah, no, I, I understand totally. That's why I stay away from, say, Scientology. You know? <laughs> it's you know? a good example, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Or, or what's his name that killed everybody with the Kool-Aid? Oh, Jim um, Jones. Or there was the other one in the 90s where they thought they were going to yeah. hop on a meteor and they all yeah. jumped Oh, yeah, yeah. Heaven's Gate, there that's was, what it was called. And yeah. QAnon and all those, you know, the Trumpies and all that mm. stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, they're obvious, obvious. But but when you find, like I say, the key, and the key is in you. The key is in you. What you've done so far is totally correct. But now all you have to do is realize that you, you are the universe that you've been looking for. That's beautiful. <laughs> that's beautiful, you. man. Yeah, that's yeah. it. It's you. And all your shortcomings are really your fingerprints that's your identity that's who you are there's reasons why you can't dunk a ball for instance in basketball <laughs> this is accurate yeah <laughs> you know yeah. there's reasons you were never meant to dunk the ball oh yeah therefore, i'm okay with that <laughs> yeah therefore maybe you can have a three-point shot but other than that you know that's your limitations see but it's also your strengths yeah you see you're you're what what you are really is is speaking volumes because now look at us now you're talking to uh, to me you know on your podcast i know i can really believe it yeah so you're so you you are definitely uh doing the right thing for you and and that's all it's about man that's all it's about and it's helping other people it really is helping other people. Uh, I, 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 that's the joy. That's the test. See, that's the test. And when, you know, uh, the other day I was at a birthday party with all my, their, their Trump supporters, <laughs> but they, they like me number one, because I'm a, a celebrity, you know, I'm a name. They mention my name around their kids. The kids go, Oh, you know, Tommy Chong. Yeah. Uh, but, and one of the guys that were with the party, it's his birthday, and he's a big investor in our pot, our pot organization. And so we, uh, <laughs> so so we we get together now and then. But those guys crack me up, man, because they're, they're they got all the money, but with the money, they got all the worries. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, more they money, got more all problems. The, yeah, they got all their prejudices. They got all their their personal stuff. Yeah, they got all that. You see, the the curse of a of a rich guy is, why aren't you happy? <laughs> you have everything. There's no excuse of why you're not happy, but yet you're not happy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's why a lot of them get mean. A lot of them get sexual. You know, you get perverted, and because they know. They're in a world where 
and self-imposed where the only friends they have is because of their money. Yeah. That's gotta be weird. How can you trust anyone? Yeah. You can't, you can't, you can't get close to anyone. And then when you're allowed into like sugar Ray in in my world, you know, uh, they get a, they, 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 and they don't, there's not a lot of questions, you know, a lot of them just are content to just be with us, you know, just sit with us and, and just, you know, just get away from their, whatever it is, you know, because yeah. uh, what, what I learned in, in, with a lot of these billionaires, is they got billionaire problems, <laughs> you know, you know, because think about it, man, when you, something hits you, uh, you know, for an ordinary guy, you know, just making a few bucks a, a, a week, it's nothing, you know, oh, no problem. But when it's in the millions and billions and, and you know, and decisions can, can, you can lose, lose it all uh, unless you do this or unless you do that. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a tight spot to be in. There. Yeah. You're tied up in so many different ways and oh, that gives me anxiety yeah. just thinking about it. And you got no time. Yeah. You got no time. You got no time to go to Hunter Thompson's house and sit in his chair. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh man, that's so cool. Um, well, I want to say you seem like someone who's really full of love and I know that your romance with Shelby, you guys seem still madly in love and you guys were married back in 1975. So I want to know what is your secret to such a, the longevity in your love? I guess it's, first of all, it's ordained. I've been with her before or in, maybe I was the guy or the girl and she was the guy, uh, you know, Oh, you're talking past life. Yeah. Past life. Oh, okay. We, we've definitely, this is, we've definitely been there before. The, the biggest secret is really love and respect. Uh, I love and respect her. Uh, period she loves and respects me. And whenever there was no cutoff, see, uh, where there was no final straw, there was no, well, either this happens or I'm out of here. Uh, we met each other. We, we didn't intend to be with each other when we met. I was already married. I had two kids, two beautiful girls had a beautiful wife. Uh, everything was fine. I met her, and then I moved next door to her, accidentally, almost or on purpose. But when we got a nightclub, started making money. We start. My brother and I started buying houses, and we one house that I lived in was right next door to uh, to Shelby and her family. And so I've known her since she was quite young, sixteen, and we were just friends, just just friends. And she would come to the club and then, and then they got, we became uh, lovers, but we still weren't going to get married. She had no plans. I was married. And that was one of the reasons she went with me <laughs> because I was safe. Oh, <laughs> because cause she was so beautiful when she went up with anybody that fell in love with her, you know? And oh, I see become, what you're saying. And they would be, yeah, become possessive and jealous and all that. Yeah. But with me, I couldn't be jealous or possessive, and I didn't have to. 
I didn't have to because she she never she was always comfortable with who she was and who she was really she's an artist she had this art soul from the day I met her and uh, in fact she she had planned on going to art school but her but her parents wouldn't pay for it so so she went to uh, she took up accounting instead so when I when I first saw her, I, I really fell in love with her, and, and that was way before we ever got together. I just saw her. I mean, I loved everything about her, her look, her face, her body, her personality, and she was really short and shitty to me. <laughs> I really liked that. She she had this beautiful girl, you know. <laughs> first thing she said to me, I was we had a band uniform on a dicky underneath a shirt, you know, the pony, yeah. uh, pony, uh, turtleneck. Yeah. <laughs> and the first thing she said, when she got in the car, first thing she said, take off that Dickie. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> the first word she said, I said, what? She said, take off that Dickie. And she wouldn't look at me. She's looking out the window. She couldn't look at me. She's not the same way. No. So I took off the dickie. Then she said, now give me some popcorn. <laughs> and we were in the midway of a, of a, of a circus, kind of. So I went and got her popcorn. And then she said, no, take us to the Harlem Nocturne, this other club. Not our club, another club. Uh, anyway, long story short, they wouldn't let her in the Harlem Nocturne because she was too young. And the only reason she was out with her sister was that her mom and dad had went on vacation. And so uh, they were, they were there yeah. without any supervision. And <laughs> so they're going out they're clubbing and, and everything else, but they were too young to be going out. Yeah. <laughs> and so, so then when they wouldn't let her in one club, then she said to everybody out that was trying to look, you know, these gorgeous, her and her sister were like super gorgeous. And so, so they kind of pipe piper, they led everybody from the Harlem Nocturne over to my club, our club, which was empty. And then when she walked in, at first my brother didn't want to let her in because she's too young, and I give him the sign. It's okay, she's with me, and and we've been we were friends ever since that time. And then she gave me advice. She always gave me advice on you know who to hire and and uh, and what to do. And then uh, then we uh, we just actually she 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 became pregnant. I got her pregnant. And uh, we neither one of us thought of abortion at all. It was, oh, no, we're going to have this baby. <laughs> and uh, she did. There you go. And th then eventually my, my wife, she just got tired. Well, actually, what happened when I quit being a musician and I became a comedian, that's when my wife says, okay, you're out of here. <laughs> she said, you're out of here. You're a comedian. I married a... I married a guitar player. I didn't marry no comedian. Though. Hit the oh, road. Man. And so I was out. And then my, to my wife, ex-wife's credit, she kind of helped support Shelby and I all the time. You know, we were struggling as being Cheech and Chong, you know, in the early days and that. Yeah. And we're still friends. We're still together. But the, really the secret is uh, you have to worship each other. Mm. I was going to say worship your wife, but I'm saying you have to worship each other. And when you worship each other, you respect each other. And unless 
you really want problems, you don't let the argument get nasty. Definitely. You know, you don't. You, you walk away, you, you go for a ride, you do something, but you don't. See, that's, that's where I, I, I see where church can help, but definitely spiritual training helps you know i'm not saying that i i don't shabby and i haven't yelled at each other we no that's we, we normal and healthy to some degree right yeah yeah we, we we've done our share you know it depends yeah. on what how much sleep we've had either one of us for sure and and uh but in in the long run she she loves me i love her to death uh and she seems to be getting more and more beautiful. Uh, you know, I run the kid. I had a. I learned salsa because she started going to salsa dances, and uh, you know, dance with these uh, good-looking Mexicans. And I said, "Fuck, I got to do that." And so, <laughs> so I had I had to learn how to dance. And then even when I learned how to dance, she still would. Didn't, we never went to dances together. You know, she had her partners. I had my partners. And then uh, with tango, now I have to learn tango. She knows how to dance tango. And I, I'm not good enough yet, but I will be. And that's going to be our next show. We're going to do a, I'm going to do a, a tango show All with right. Bush Shelby. Yeah. Well, I, it sounds like you guys built your relationship on, on a friendship for a long time before you guys actually became a couple. So that might have helped totally. you guys just become stronger, your bond, you know? Oh, yeah. Well, figure it out. First of all, she did not want to marry me. And she resisted right up until, I mean, after we got together, she still didn't want to get married. She didn't want to have that, lose that identity. Mm. And so it wasn't until the accountant told her that uh, if anything happened to me, that she should have a look. I think it was, we were married the next day, I think. <laughs> no, it took about a week and I had to do all the work. And she I think she even crossed her fingers when she said, I do. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think it was the commitment was there. It was oh, really funny. funny. But it but it shows you, you know, and, and then and then after we got married, you know, uh, we started. Oh, we had our baby and to start off with. And I had my daughters. I had three daughters. And then uh, we got our son, Paris. And uh, and I wanted to quit then. I was OK. I'm good. She goes, nope, one more. And so we had our, another son, Gibran, and and, uh, and that's where it is now. Now they're grown. They're all grown, and they all got kids. All of our all of our kids have kids. Oh man, it goes by too fast. Yeah. Kids like I, I mine are nowhere near that age, but uh, I have three kids, and my oldest is he's going to be 13 at the end of the year. And uh, oh, 13. Oh, you're right yeah. in the middle of it. That's, that's ah. a huge one. My daughter's 10 and my youngest kid, he's he just turned uh, four yesterday. So, oh, you're beautiful. They're so beautiful. No, all you got to all you got to do is really. Is, is like you treat your wife, you know, treat your kids the same way. You know? Yeah. Lots of love, lots of respect, lots yep. of attention, lots of attention. You know, I, I, I learned that. From some of the best, you know, where people, no matter where they were, they'd take a call, you know, uh, who they are, where they were. And, you know, I've always done that with my kids. And we're still, we're very tight. We're a, we're a tight family. Yeah. So cool. That's awesome, man. Um, 
Well, I've asked you a lot of the stuff I wanted to ask you, but uh, there's so much more, really. I don't want to waste too much of your time, though, man. Um, my dad, actually, we've been doing a question from my dad every episode now, because uh, when we first started this podcast a year and a half ago, we were doing it mainly in studio. And my dad, who had just retired, he was the studio like audio tech guy who was running the cameras and all that. So it was. You oh, know, yeah. Yeah, it was a really good bonding experience for us, but I've switched to doing a lot of Zoom interviews now. And uh, so now I'm trying to include a question from him in, in each interview when I do it like this to make it. Oh, feel he's, like not, he's, not, he's not part of the crew now? Well, I mean, for Zoom and with the pandemic, it's just easier. I, I don't really need him here to do it now. So, uh, <laughs> but once once we start doing the studio stuff again, he'll definitely come back. But um, oh, oh, yeah. Well, he wanted cool. to know about uh, when you were in prison. And reflecting on that time now is what is the biggest thing you would change in the system of, and the penal code to improve the daily life or the overall experience of those that are unfortunate enough to find themselves in that in prison? It's really hard to say, you know, because prison. When, when I got thrown in prison, I, I, I threw the I, I Ching, you know. My brother-in-law sent it to me, and I, I did the I Ching right away. And the I Ching said, you are in prison for a reason. That was the first line. Prisons are corrective, correct, corrective institutions where you go to correct your behavior. That was the second line. I the, See, the, the truth is, is that Prisoners run the prisons, you know, because there's no one really intelligent enough in the prison system. Other than, you know, they're, they're, it has to be the prisoners, you know, that are the most intelligent. You get lawyers, doctors, you know, all sorts of people that have committed crimes. Mm. And so, so the prison I was in it was basically run by prisons office staff it's all prisoners uh you know because like shawshank redemption remember that movie yeah yeah it, it, it's see that that was the old style mean prison uh, what i would do i i wouldn't eliminate for sure because prisons the way what i would do i would turn them into schools mm. legitimate schools and and medical facilities, you know, hospitals, because there's a lot of people in prisons that should be in the hospital. And, uh, you know, they're suffering from some kind of disorder that makes them do whatever it is they do. Yeah. But it's not their fault. It's some sort of physical fault. So I would turn the prisons into schools and, and experimental stations. Now, hmm. see, in the old days, they never had prisons. They had holding cells where they would hold you until they meted out the punishment for you. Yeah. And, uh, and, and usually the punishment was uh, the corporal punishment, death. Uh, and like in China, in the old days, you know, they used to put them in that, that Kerrang or what do they call it? You know, what's around where they can't eat, they can't do anything. Oh, they got their, brutal. Uh, yeah. And they would leave them in there until they died. Jesus. A lot of them. Yeah, and they couldn't do anything. Couldn't feed themselves. They couldn't walk or anything. Yeah. So, 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 so we've, we've evolved. Even when, in my lifetime, I, I had a roommate one time that had done time in the Lethbridge prison in Alberta. 
where they had the death penalty, they had the gallows in the in the yard. They would build it um, when they were going to hang someone, and then and they had the the cat of nine tails, the whip for if you committed rape, you got lashes. It was a mm-hmm. British just justice system, and then they had the paddle, you know that uh, gymnast horse. You know they would strap you over that horse, hands on one side, feet on the other side, pull your pants down, and then whack you with a five-foot-tall paddle. And it was made out of alloy of metal and rubber. Oh, wow. And, uh, and with a wooden handle. And it, one whack would usually knock you unconscious. Oh, my God. Uh, and, and it was brutal. And people that had got whacked could never sleep on their back, you know, for the whole time they're in jail, for the most part. And uh, so prisons have evolved. To the point where they were, where now they're 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 more or less they're they're holding cells basically, and the other thing I would do with the prisons I would have uh, language instructors because there's a lot of people in there that don't speak English. Yeah, it's really smart. Uh, yeah, and and so I would I would turn them into schools for sure. Wow. And then uh, uh, and I would eliminate I would have a government run and I would eliminate the private. Right now, they're all private. The ones I was in, they're private uh, institutes, institutions. And the trouble is with privates is there's no accounting, you see. And, and and once you're in prison, you become property of that prison. And if they don't want to let you out, they don't let you out, even when you're due to be released. There are people in prison right now that are trying to get out that should never be, should be released and they don't they don't get released because the prison just doesn't feel like releasing them. And oh, there's a lot of how do they get away on. with that? Because they're private. Who are they going to answer to? Those? Yeah, the stockbrokers. You know, they're, they're the warden. Yeah, he doesn't give a shit. When I was in in Taft, I don't know how many people died of desert fever. It was like a pandemic. And desert fever, whenever the the wind blew. Uh, around the desert, they would make everybody come in from outside and close the windows and everything because there was some kind of pandemic in the in the desert wind, and it gave you a wasting disease where you look like you've been in Auschwitz or some kind of uh, wasting disease. Your muscles disappear. And I and I seen when I was in there, one guy died. When I was there, he was he was near death, and he he could walk. He, he walked. He was on the second tier, and he'd walk up to the to the stairs and yell, I'm "Fucking dying, dying! I need to go to the hospital." You know, dying, and he died. He died up there, and when oh. you die, you just get buried in a, in a pauper's grave. You know, they don't they don't notify anybody. You know, they they don't. It, they might notify it if, if you inquire, but yeah. if you don't inquire, they don't go looking for you. Know, you're you're just trash in, in prison. That's <laughs> it's 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 pretty bad. Yeah, but uh, um, yeah, I, that's that's what I would do. That's there's a, a lot of answer. things. Yeah, there's a lot of things that that need to be done, and it's mostly about education. You know, that's how we're going to get out of this racial, racial uh, bullshit, you know, is, is by educating and not just the, the white people either. The black people, everybody, you know, everybody, yeah. everybody, everybody, everybody. 
you know, you know, because uh, there's a rule of, uh, of uh, you know, the strong survive. And it goes to this day, you know, that's what's happening now. Yeah. You know, if you, if you don't take care of business, there's so many ways that you can die on the street. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, survival. And, but fittest, but yeah. a lot of them, a lot of that violence is sort of like, it's almost like suicide, you know, they create it because they, they've come to the end of the rope. And so uh, death by a cop or, or death by their own hand, you know, uh, that's why there's a lot of, uh, uh, but it's life. I mean, that's life. That's that's what we're here to do. That's why you know we're in uh, freedom of uh, will. You know, we have free free will because we can do all this stuff. It's our, it's our choice. It's our choice. Yeah, it's pretty uh, pretty epic when you realize that fully. Yeah, yeah, you are in control. Um, I want to ask you kind of a funny question here because I saw when you were on uh, Joe Rogan, you were talking a lot about aliens and UFOs and stuff, and you seem to be a, a big believer, which I would call myself, you know, open to those ideas at least. Um, but there's actually a new documentary that came out about the Sasquatch. So I want to know, what are your thoughts? Are you a, a believer in Bigfoot or no? Well, sure. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I, I want to believe. I hope he's out there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There, there, there. The the Earth is so vast. I've been watching travelogues, and, and wherever you go, Germany, you go to. They got the Alps. They got mountains. Mm. They got places that, if the humans have been there, it was by accident. You know. Yeah. You know? Uh, yeah, yeah. Of course, there's everything. There's everything. There's elves. Elves, uh, yeah, yeah, no little way. people. Oh, yeah, yeah. There's all sorts of things because there's worlds that that we're not aware of. You know, insect world. Well, look, look, did you see the movie The Octopus uh, Teacher? No. Oh, you got to see that the Octopus oh, Teacher. Never... Oh, you hmm. got... it won the Academy Award. Okay. Oh, I'll you got to see that. Oh my God. You talk about a creature from another planet. This sky, this skin, this skin diver started filming this octopus, and they then he realized that the octopus real knew what he was doing. The intelligence is so incredible. They're supposed to be very smart. Yeah, they are so intelligent. They can escape Got from almost point, any uh, any container you put them in. They can get out. They can find a way. They it got to the point where the, the little tentacles went up and touched his arm, you know, and just mm. tested. And it got to the point where it actually hugged him. It would come and just hug his chest. And they had a, a oh, you got to see the movie. Real connection. It yeah. is. It is so good. And, and, and but here's here's the kicker. They only live a year. What? And they only live one year. I didn't know that. And before they die, they mate. And then they consummate that that love. And then she lays her eggs. And then she gives her offspring are like 30,000. <laughs> 30,000 offspring. That's little insane. octopi. And then she goes away and dies. 
one year. Wow. Is that all, all octopi or is that uh, just a certain species? Cause there's probably a bunch of different kinds of them, eh? Uh, well, this particular one, yeah, that's all the one I saw, you know, that's and then I watched cool. the documentary on the salmon. Oh, they're phenomenal. The salmon, they come down from the stream, little minnows, and, and then they get out into the ocean and then that's where they grow bigger and bigger and stronger. And then they, they're evading predators when they're tiny. And then they become bigger and bigger. And then they became the, they become the predator. And then they, at the end of their life or toward the end of their life, they have to go back upstream. And then they have to swim upstream, up and, water Yeah, they kind of jump up. Right? Yeah. Uh, balls. They, that's their, that's their, that was their chore in life. Yeah. And, and that's why they're strong and healthy. And then they jump up and then they have to get past the bears and, and all the animals and the humans to get up to eat them. And all they do, they get up there, they lay their eggs and then they die. And then the new eggs hatch and then they, the life starts all over. And when they die, their body decomposes and it goes into the soil, goes into the water, which goes into the soil which gives the nitrogen. So every, it's a circle of life where the, uh, the fish is giving back to the, to the earth. Yeah. And, and it's a total cycle of life. It's incredible. That's amazing. And that's on our planet. See? Yeah. So nature, you don't all nature stuff really is a great yeah. way to just make you yeah. stop and realize how amazing everything really is. And then I was watching a, a documentary on Laos near Cambodia. Yeah. And there they have the shy elephants. They have the elephants that live in the jungle. Really? And they don't come out. They're shy. Huh. And when they train the elephants and mouse, they don't use the sharp pikes, picks, you know, yeah. where they use pain like they do in Thailand. The Laotians whisper to them. They talk and sing to them. And the elephants respond because, again, they're a species that are that intelligent. They're very smart, yeah. And they're very smart and they're very shy. And they, they stay away. They hide in the jungle. And, and then in, in Laos, they had they put a night camera on, you know, and they found a, a Bengal tigers. They roamed there. And, they got, and then they had found one species. They didn't know what it was. It wasn't in anybody's book. Weird. So, yeah. Yeah, so there is, there are, there are Bigfoot, and there are, and as far as the, the aliens, yeah, of course, of course, they're, they're, you know, they're flying around, they're travelers, space travelers, and of course it would be, you know, are they from this galaxy? Who knows? You maybe, know? maybe it's like a future version of us. Maybe it's us in the future coming back to, to mess around. Some people could have be. theorized that that uh, aliens could be an advanced version of us that are coming to look at their roots and study where, probably where we went wrong with certain things. But it's an interesting concept. Could, I'm not saying I believe that, but I don't think they could come from the future because the future is not here yet. They could only come from the past. Now, oh, interesting. Be, uh, yeah. See. I mean, if you if you think about time travel too much, it's going to give you a headache. I know I get one. <laughs> if I no. see time, time travel in a movie or something, it eventually there's so many questions upon questions your brain starts coming up with. Okay, think of it this way. We live in a physical universe right now. 
Yeah. This universe is physical. There's the laws of physics. That's where it comes from. The physical universe. Yeah. Okay. For every action, there's a reaction. And some places have gravity, other places don't. Uh, so, so you have uh, uh, yes and no wherever you go. And that's what the I Ching is, by the way, heads or tails, heads or tails. It's one or the other. <laughs> now, in the spiritual world, there's neither. In the spiritual world, there is just I, just one. Just the, the only thing in the spiritual world is love. Is love. It's like when you think about like electricity can only work in in a uh, physical world, you know, because you have to have positive negative. Yeah. But but in the in the in the spiritual world, there's only positive. And think about it. The negative is the physical world. <laughs> kind of. Yeah. I was going to say we have got a lot. That's of the opposite here on Earth. Yeah. See, see, that's a lot of physics for every action. There's a reaction. So there's a spiritual world. The opposite of a in order for the spiritual world to exist, there has to be a physical world. Yeah, well, that's I mean, incredible. That's, that's how, like you were saying, we we evolve as as souls. You know, we yeah. learn, learn things. Well, that the soul, the souls are are eternal. You know, that's like electricity or water. See, water is eternal. It just it just changes shapes. Every drop of water that was on here. On Earth, when the Earth was formed, is still here. Yeah, and we're at ninety percent water. Figure that. That's so ninety ninety percent of us. Ninety percent of us is still here. So if water is still here, why couldn't the 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 minerals? They just change shape. Yeah. You know, they became dust, and then we can they they can become a rock, and then they can become a planet. Yeah, you know, you know, it's fantastic. It's just a, it's accumulation of dust. So because cool. that's what ash to ash is dust to dust. Yeah. 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 I figured, uh, and, and it's my relationship, you know, with, 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 uh, I ask the right questions, you know, and I'm seeking, I'm a seeker. I, I gotta, I gotta keep looking, but I'm not frustrated. You see, I'm not that's content. Yeah, you got to be a content seeker, and being content is really knowing where you're going, even if you're not going anywhere. Just being grateful in the moment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, I think I gotta. Yeah, no worries, man. Um, I got you, one more call. Let me see. If you got one, uh, time for one last question. Uh, Absolutely. Super quick. I've been asking everybody this season at the end of uh, of the interviews. If you could have dinner with any person, alive or dead, that you've never met before, who would it be and why? Mm. I assume you've already had dinner with tons of amazing people. So this question. I, I'm, I, I'm guessing. Let's see. Anybody. I, I, I think it would be Stephen Hawkins. Oh, nice. That's a great choice. I think, I think that's who I'd want to have dinner with. That's an yeah. amazing choice. I'm sure you'd learn a lot. <laughs> <laughs> right? And he's funny, yeah. too. I remember him being hilarious. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He, he's, he was right. 
he he accepted his uh, situation. Uh, he took it in stride. Yeah. Well, perfectly. Yeah. No, there wouldn't have. Think about it. There wouldn't have been a Stephen Hawkins had he not been the so way he true. was. And look at what he's done for the world and for science. Yeah. 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 It's like what yeah, you're saying, you know, yeah. knowing your purpose and yeah. Yeah. That's a guy. Okay. That's the last one. Yeah, man, that's it. And I want to wish you a happy birthday. I know it's coming up uh, in a couple of weeks there. So thanks a lot oh, for, for sharing your time with me, man. I appreciate the the pun. I appreciate the time because I, I learn a lot too when I'm sitting here. Thanks dude. Okay. Well, well, take care all the me. best. Okay. Take care. You too, man.